conscious loving is first loving yourself and finding that deep level of acceptance and love within you. How can we begin to fully be and reveal all of who we are? in relationship are often mirrored to each other. And that's why relationship is the most powerful work because you are being mirrored at all times of what it is that you're experiencing internally. And oftentimes there's these parts, oftentimes these inner child parts that reveal themselves. And it's up to you to bring consciousness and awareness and presence to that and to be able to hold space, not only for yourself, but for another. And that for me is like what it really means to be in a true conscious partnership. What you feel is what you pull towards you. And so when you create music and, and sound and breath and you combine these together, to bring people into an elevated state, they become more radiant. They, they become more electrically, magnetically charged. And so when you bring consciousness and awareness to your breath, even for just five or 10% of your day, you radically shift your life because your breath is the gateway to the higher aspects of yourself as well as the lower aspects of yourself. You know, our breath is our prana. It's our life force energy. It sustains us. It can, it connects us to this realm and our body as well as the spirit realm and, and creator. And yet we have, you know, 8 billion of us out here, like not consciously breathing and not using this incredibly powerful tool for, for health and for growth. Now that I know how to consciously breathe, you're able to really move that energy that's starting to build up in your body and either disperse it out if it's not suiting you or channel it through your body into the places where it needs to go. Welcome, Welcome home, home to, to the, the Loving, Loving Consciously, Consciously podcast. podcast. My name is Amaris. And my name is Eric. And if you are like us, nobody, nobody taught, taught you how to love. love. We are best friends and life partners here to vulnerably and authentically share our seven-year journey to unconditional love. Our mission is to help you learn how to love consciously in all of your relationships so we can journey together towards a more effective, intentional, and fulfilling way of giving and receiving love. Loving, Loving Consciously. Consciously. Together, we have overcome neurodivergence, mental health, addiction, pregnancy loss, infidelity, and grief. After six years, the lack of knowledge on how to heal or love each other through these challenges led to our separation. After us both spiritually awakening and recommitting, we built our new conscious partnership founded on unconditional love and a commitment to personal growth. Thank you for joining us as we put it all out there to show you the duality of our love's pain and beauty. And remind you that you have both the capacity to love consciously and the power to always, always choose love. love. Namaste and welcome back to the Loving Consciously podcast. Today's episode is titled Breathe in Love. And we are so excited because we have our first guest on the show today, Christopher August, who is here to talk about breath work and all things spirituality and consciousness and love and conscious partnership. We had the honor and the privilege to go deep with this incredible man and human being and cannot wait to share this with you all. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. You are our first guest, which is super exciting. And we are just so grateful for your time and your energy and to share the gift that is breathwork with not only our listeners, but also to just have this conversation with you because you're rapidly becoming someone that is a big part of our journey and that we really look up to. So just really grateful to have you here. Well, I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you for everything you're doing. I really just, it's an honor to have conversations, especially with conscious couples and people that are really putting out 
a higher level of frequency of love into the world. And, uh, you know, that's really one of the most important aspects of this human experience is relationship. And that's what we come here for, to learn from, to gain wisdom from. So thank you guys for everything you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that reflection. You know, our story is a little bit unique in that we went through seven years of unconsciousness together, a really difficult relationship, really toxic relationship, a lot of addiction and unhealthy behaviors. And we woke up together and now we've been on our spiritual journey together. And through that journey, we've really seen a gap in the spiritual space of resources for relationship, for conscious partnership, and really like honing in on the importance of love and how it all comes back to love. So that's kind of our mission. Yeah, we spent a decent chunk of our cycle living in those unhealthy patterns. And I always talk about how we did it the hard way um, so that we could learn those lessons and help other people not have to do it that way. <laughs> I mean, between the two of us, we've lived a lot of life, had a lot of experiences with grief, loss, addiction, escapism, partying. We did the whole American dream, go do your big fancy corporate job, get all the money, buy a big house, and then you're still not happy. You know, we woke up together and it took a lot of catalysts to get there. It took some serious suffering and some serious pain to really begin to look inward and stop projecting onto one another. Mm -hmm. And when we started to do that is when we started to pull on the string of consciousness and be like, okay, what's here? Who actually am I? What am, what am I beyond all these programs and all these experiences that we've had? And it's been a beautiful and dark <laughs> journey of awakening as that is and you know the roller coaster of growth and how that unfolds. Well, I'd love to go ahead and get started talking about you, why we are here today, and if you could just tell us who Christopher August is, as much <laughs> of you and your life as you feel comfortable sharing, we get really deep and vulnerable on this podcast. We'd just love to hear a little bit about who you are. Well, it's it's a great uh, opportunity then to be vulnerable, and I'm not one to shy away from vulnerability. I'm as I've told you offline, I'm an open book. So for me, like I'm here to let it roar and let it out in whatever way that feels good, and for your audience and whatever you want to dive into, I am open for that. My journey, who am I? That's an interesting question, right? When you ask like, who are you? It's like, well, I can tell you all the labels and all of the identities I've created for who Christopher August is. Yes, I'm a breathwork facilitator. Yes, I'm a coach, a guide, an entrepreneur and all of these things. And I'm very happy and proud of the way my life has, you know, really culminated to this point. However, beneath that, you know, I... For me, uh, over these past, I would say, decade plus has been figuring out and peeling back all of the layers of who I truly am. Yes, as an infinite divine source and creator and all of that. And again, we can go into all of that later. But me as my authentic self, how am I meant to show up in this world? And what frequency am I here to emit to the world? Because beyond all the labels and all the identities and all the roles that I play as a father, as a, like I said, an entrepreneur, a coach, guide, facilitator, and so forth, those roles are important to me and beautiful, but it's through all of that I'm emitting a certain frequency into the world. And so for me personally, you know, I'm a very sensitive, self-motivated, empowered man that is here for a big mission. 
and here to make a massive wave of impact on the collective. And I've seen that through my own authenticity, through my own vulnerability, through my own gifts that I'm able to transmit a certain frequency that impacts people in a certain way. Just like you guys, you have your own shared frequency and also individual frequency and vibration that you're here to share. And we all have this, right? And so to distill that into words is pretty difficult, um, but it's more of a felt sense. And I'm happy to be of service in whatever way I possibly can uh, to help people and support people to empower and inspire people on their journey of healing and awakening. And that's really why I'm here. That's, that's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I was getting a little emotional as you were talking about being here on a mission and, and having your own frequency. And I love the authenticity and vulnerability. That's very much my motto. My brand, my solo podcast is all about encouraging people to find and embody whatever that inner authentic truth is. You have so many labels and there's so many things I'd love to talk to you about. Eric's been diving a lot into your masculine mastery and that we obviously are both beats and breath users. And before we get into breath work and a lot of that other content, I would love to ask you what loving consciously looks like in your life, conscious love and conscious partnership. How does that manifest for you? Mm, yeah, it's a beautiful question. And yeah, this is where I think the vulnerability can come in here. Um, I've been on quite a journey uh, in the, my own relational sphere of my life and starting with myself, number one, right? Because that's what it all comes back to. It's like, you know, where are your own inadequacies? Where is Where are you challenged in your own self-worth and your own limitations? And that is something that we all have to come to face, you know, and come to terms with. And something that for myself over the years has been diving into all of the ways in which I'm still seeking attention or still seeking approval from others because I don't feel whole or good within myself. Right. I know that's something a lot of people can relate to, or, you know, as a driven man on a mission, what are the ways that I'm still comparing myself to others in which I don't feel good enough that I haven't actually been successful enough and all of these things, right? And so I've had to really rectify and come to terms with my own self in order to be able to show up in relationship in a way that is actually meaningful and authentic. My relational journey, as I mentioned, is quite interesting the way it's played out over the past decade. So I'll just give you a little bit of a brief overview and then we can go into any area that feels good. So in 2013, I left my corporate job in Buffalo, New York. I was working at a tech firm and I was just finishing my master's degree in business leadership and you know, my head was high. I was in my mid twenties. I was making good money. I had a beautiful car at a new apartment. I had all the ability to do what I want. I partied on the weekends, you know, had a lot of women in my life and a lot of definitely unhealthy behavior for sure. But nonetheless, that period taught me so much about myself. It taught me a lot about what I didn't want. And that's where I came to in my mid twenties, where I was kind of at this place where I was partying on the weekends, I was DJing. So you can imagine that type of lifestyle as you guys probably have had some experiences with as well. It's a lot of fun and I don't regret any of it. I had a great time. Nobody got hurt. You know, everybody stayed safe, but there definitely was a lot of unconscious, unhealthy behavior happening. 
most importantly to myself, the way I was treating myself and the ways I was sleeping with different women and the ways in which I was drinking too much alcohol, all of these habits, they were deteriorating myself from the inside out. And I was feeling that. And I got to this point where I was just feeling so empty and lost and just not fulfilled in my life. And I said, I have to get out of here or else I'm going to continue to stay stuck in these same habits over and over and over again. I asked myself, God, source, universe, show me a way in which I can begin to live a life that's more in alignment with who I am, my values of making an impact, helping others, traveling the world, spirituality, which was starting to come on for me back in 2010, 11. How can I begin to live in alignment with these values? Not long after spirit presented me with an opportunity to move beyond my comfort zone. I was driving on the highway and I saw a sign and it said, are you ready to answer the call? And in the right-hand corner, it said sponsored by the Peace Corps. And I was like, Peace Corps, what's the Peace Corps? For anybody that's listening that doesn't know what the Peace Corps is, essentially it's a government, an American governmental organization, grassroots organization that supports different countries and building relationships. And they're in 80 different countries and you can serve in different sectors as a health, business, agriculture, volunteer, English teacher, and so on. And so I went through this rigorous application process over a year and a half. I ended up getting accepted and I had seven days to decide. They assigned me to a health and business volunteer in Tanzania, Africa. I obviously took the opportunity because I had went through this crazy process to actually get into the Peace Corps. And so I left my corporate job and went to Africa. And, and there was really where the deep work started for me. I had no place to go, no place to run, no vices to go to. I didn't have any modern amenities, no running water, none of these things that you know I was accustomed to. And I was out in the middle of nature, a 17-hour bus ride from the main city of Dar es Salaam. So I was isolated. I was in a community. Nobody spoke English. So I just like immersed myself. I'm kind of one of those people that just says, fuck it. I'm go I go all in. I like to test my edges. And so that experience, you know, I lived there for two years. The reason I brought that up as a backstory is because it was there eight months into my service. I met my now ex-partner, Sarah. She's the mom of my beautiful son. And we have a wonderful relationship, co-parenting relationship still. But it was then where, you know, she had just... Uh, been in Namibia for six months and she had to leave because she almost lost her life. She got brutally abused and raped by several men and almost lost her life. And she decided that she wanted to continue her service after she did some healing, which she was advised not to. And they told her, you're not going to go back to Namibia. Here's your other countries you get to choose from. And she meditated on it and chose Tanzania. So I met her just a few months after she got to Tanzania. And right immediately, there was this deep soul spiritual connection. We were both really desiring to work on ourselves and to really grow and expand and evolve individually and then also together. So that's really what created our bond. And we went deep really quick. We got engaged after six months. We got married about a year and a half later. 
We traveled the world. We did all of these things. And in 2019, we had our son who is now a little over four and just a beautiful miracle in the world. The times between when we met until about 2018, everything was really great. We were almost attached to the hip. We we're definitely in a codependent relationship, but also really enjoyed being together. We didn't really fight much. Like we had a great time but we almost lost ourselves in each other. And that was a big lesson for me. So in 2018, Sarah opened kind of this very sensitive door in which she expressed that she had feelings for somebody else and that she was in love with this other person she met in one of our online groups. At that time, we were running a podcast, we were coaching together and doing all of these things. And so that really triggered an inner child response. You know, I felt a lot of rejection and abandonment. You know, I would never consider non-monogamy. And I was like, holy shit, like what the fuck's happening? So we went through about a year of just this like roller coaster ride. There was a lot of trust broken, even though there was honest conversations, I still felt very, I started to close my heart down to her. I started to wall myself off because I didn't feel safe. And so that really created a lot of turmoil, not only internally, but within our relationship. And then our son in spirit form was trying to come through and have these conversations with us. Like, Hey, I want in because we had dreams with him for multiple years. And so we meditated on it and we both received the same date and conceived him in 2000 at the end of 2018, after this tumultuous year in our relationship. That next year was great, you know, just being with our son, we were starting to build up more trust and all of that. And then I ended up meeting somebody in 2020 uh, on a business trip and had deep feelings for this, this woman. And we, I went back and nothing happened at that point, but I went back and told Sarah, I said, Hey, I have these feelings this is what's going on. Now I'm having empathy from her end of what she was feeling two years ago. Long story short, you know, through this process, we began to see, I began to see for sure that the bond that Sarah and I shared and share to this day is a deeply soulful and spiritual one. It didn't make much sense for me anymore. There wasn't the same romantic involvement. And so this past two years has been a very deeply challenging also liberating experience for me and for her in which we have had to evolve beyond our old label of relationship and now into a new label of relationship. And to bring the last sort of thing here to the table. So a year ago, she, a little over a year ago, she met somebody. Um, we've been living in Mexico. She met somebody and nine months ago, they found out they were pregnant. So now we have another little one in the mix. They have a child, Sarah and I share a child, and I'm also dating somebody. I'm dating an amazing woman. This is kind of the first time I've opened up about this full process in a public forum. Um, and I've planned to for a little while. I'm just getting some other things sort of straightened out here in my life. But I figured, hey, why not share this story openly now as this podcast is all about conscious loving. So to bring things full circle before I pause, I just say that conscious loving is first loving yourself and finding that deep level of acceptance and love within you. And it's as cliche, you know, as cliche as it sounds, 
you know, that really calls forth a stronger bond and partnership with whoever you're magnetizing into your life or your current partner in your life. And so that's the first, it's like, come back to here to you. And then secondly, when you're in partnership, it's like, how can we begin to fully be and reveal all of who we are and not be scared about what the other person's going to think, right? We all have shadows. We all have light and dark, and we all have these aspects of self that in relationship are often mirrored to each other. And that's why relationship is the most powerful work because you are being mirrored at all times of what it is that you're experiencing internally. And oftentimes there's these parts, oftentimes these inner child parts that reveal themselves, that show themselves where the wounding is, where the trauma is. And it's up to you to bring consciousness and awareness and presence to that and to be able to hold space, not only for yourself, but for another. And that for me is like what it really means to be in a true conscious partnership. And it's not easy work. And that's why most people their relationships foul or they're in unhealthy, unconscious, toxic sort of situations. It's because they don't have the capacity, maybe the awareness to really bring this level of authenticity and vulnerability into their relationship. But as you guys know, in the journey you've been on, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of stamina and courage and resilience to go through that. But in the gene keys, which I'm also a big student of and also practitioner, is that's a huge motto of the gene keys is that if you can continue to move into those uncomfortable spaces and those edges, there's so much gold to be mined from those shadows and everything that comes up in relationship. Anyways, I'm going to pause there. I know that was a lot, um, but that's kind of a little bit of a backstory about you know where I've been and where I am now. Thank you so much. I was so emotional listening to you talk and so much of what you were saying was resonating and it just kept coming full circle into two thoughts. One being just this authenticity and vulnerability. You just bleed it. It's just so beautiful to see other conscious people in this world putting that out there. And thank you for sharing that story here today. I'm honored to hear it. The other thing, oneness was coming to mind. It's just how connected we all are and how like so much of your story resonated, but just at the core of essence, like we're all connected, we're all one, we're all living this same experience manifest in, in an infinite amount of forms. And so by sharing that authenticity and that vulnerability is how we as a collective move forward and is how we as a collective heal. And you just, you nailed loving consciously so perfectly. Yeah. Thank you so much for being willing and open to share your heart in the way that you just did. The more that we're able to do that as community and bear our souls, we show others that it's possible. I can share my vulnerable story. That means you can do that too. We don't have to be afraid. We can come together with no judgment and speak to what we're all experiencing. Because as you shared your story, sitting here, I'm sure you saw us smiling and laughing and, and nodding our heads because... It, there's so many parallels to our conscious partnership and unconscious part of our relationship as well, in that we very much came from the same corporate world. You know, I was an architect. You were working in leadership in a tech firm as well, living for the weekends, working a second job as well at a nightclub. And just when we weren't full steam working, we were full steam escaping. It was partying, it was escapism, the same thing, nobody got hurt. A lot of our time in that era was spent not looking at ourselves. 
And it took really that shakeup of pain and suffering and hurting one another to really take a step back and say, what's actually going on here? Part of your story that you were sharing where as humans, we get attached to things and we say, this relationship is this label and we want it to be that forever because that's comfortable for us. As you described your relationship and the way it grew and evolved as you both grew and evolved as individuals and as your unit, you created space for change. And although it may have been uncomfortable at the time, right, to hear your partner say, hey, I'm having these feelings for another, and then to work through and process that on your own, and then to have that flip around and to experience that side for yourself, then to learn and have the empathy to understand her experience and to be able to love and support her in a way that you couldn't before. I'm very much somebody who learns by doing. <laughs> uh, touch the hot stove once, touch the hot stove again to make sure it's still hot, and then touch the hot stove a third time just in case it's not hot anymore. <laughs> and um, through that, we've come to learn that relationships have a tendency to ebb and flow through seasons, much like life and the the patterns of the world that we have the amazing opportunity to experience right there are harsh winters and there are beautiful springs that come afterwards to expect a relationship to stay the same we're both happy we're both experiencing peak romantic connection we're both experiencing peak vulnerability all at the same time and nothing can change and if it changes then we're in suffering we're setting ourselves up for, for failure in that sense. And by allowing these relationships to grow and evolve, we flip the script. Like you were saying, focusing on yourself, you're able to not take personally what the other person's journey is. We just came out of an ayahuasca ceremony. What was it last week? Time is an illusion right now. <laughs> and, um, Part of that integration process and part of our unconscious pattern was we were also very much in a codependent relationship. In many ways, it was healthy. We also love to be with one another. We have a joint shared mission and joint shared calling. Our child has also come to us in our dreams many times, waiting to be birthed, waiting to come in and do their mission. In many aspects, we had also lost ourselves in seven years of being in that cycle. The last year and a half of, you know, us separating for a period and then coming back together to choose love and to choose working on this relationship, we've come to realize that it starts by working on ourselves individually. And we did that for quite some time, came to this ayahuasca ceremony, feeling great on our conscious level, right? All the work that we've done over the last year. And then Mother Aya sitting with her. She brought us down deeper into layers, layers that we hadn't yet realized were still there. And I was like, here, here, come, you've done the thing. Now look at what's below. And so much inner child work has come up from that. And we actually took four or five days apart and really focused on what it means to be individuals for you in our previous version of our iteration of our relationship, we were very in your masculine and I was very much in my feminine and we're exploring what that shift and that transition looks like. And I can let you speak a little bit to that. 
it looks like a fucking mess most days, but we are, you know, doing the best we can and choosing love and moving forward. And so much of what you said resonates just, it's all self-love. It all comes back to loving yourself. I'm just so grateful to, to be sharing in this conversation with you right now and be, and to show people, you know, number one, we're all connected. We're all going through similar essence experiences and authenticity and vulnerability is the way that we get out of this collective pain that we see our brothers and sisters sitting in. So Thank you for sharing all of that. I'd love to see if you have anything you'd like to add before we get into talking about breath work. It's interesting because if you trace back, I, I'm really, my journey started with numerology. So I'm, I'm very big into numerology. And if you look in numerology, there's your personal nine-year cycles that you go through. And each of these cycles, um, they have different meanings to them. Each of the years have different meanings for them, right? And so you can look at what personal year you're in. Obviously, there's much more, it goes deeper than your life path, your soul desires, all of that. But aside from those nine-year personal year cycles, there's also in our general collective idea of the seven-year cycles in which we go through from zero to seven, seven to 14, 14 to 21, so on, zero to 35 being our individuation stage. This is very talk, This is very much talked about in the Gene Keys. So your zero to 35 is your individuation stage. Your 35 to 62 or 36 to 62 is your age of service. And your 62 to death is your age of surrender. And so between the ages of zero and 35, you're going through this individuation process, trying to figure out who you are, why you're here, how it is you're meant to serve and so forth. 36, you begin to then implement all of that into a place of service. Now, I mentioned that because also when it comes to healing, there's these seven-year cycles. It takes seven years for your cells to completely transform and also to transform your nervous system from the trauma, from the wounding that you've experienced as a child, even sometimes as an adult, it takes seven years to rewire that fully if you're consciously doing that. Also in relationships, there's a, you know, old Native American traditions where after seven years of being in a relationship, they would either renew their vows or they would part ways. And so, you know, we can look at all of these sort of years, these cycles that we go through and we can kind of understand ourselves from this higher, this macro lens. Right. And I just wanted to bring that up as, cause I think it's really uh, important to mention in this conversation. It brings a lot of context to what we're talking about for anybody that's going is on this journey of healing and awakening. You know, they can begin to look at these different cycles that they're in and start to understand where they're at, where they're at with their partner and so forth a little bit more. Absolutely. Thanks for calling that out. We love numerology. It's something we've been, especially these last few months, really getting into. I'm a life path eight and this is my year Beautiful. eight. So that tells you everything you need to know about this oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> Eight and nine, you got a, yeah, those are the, those, those are the past. So I'm 30, well, I'm 37 now, uh, the past two years of my life. Um, I'm in a year two right now. Um, but eight, nine, and one, they were, they, they whipped my ass. I got my ass handed to me for the past two, three years. And I know why now, because looking at it from the context of numerology, eight is very much a deep, deep personal transformation. Nine is the endings, right? Nine is the year of where cycles end relationships and business partnerships, whatever it is, whatever is not in alignment will end. Whatever is in alignment will remain. And then flipping to a year one, that's new beginnings, a new cycle. 
very much about independence, about freedom, about bringing your core expression to life. And then, you know, I can go on. I mean, I talk, talk for a whole podcast on this, but it's beautiful to know where you're at in that cycle. And because you can begin to work with the energies in a way that it doesn't have to feel as challenging. Um, it doesn't mean that you won't be challenged and you won't have struggle, but you can understand where you're at and bring a little bit more context to it. Absolutely. We live in such an infinite universe. Sometimes we talk about this a lot. It's almost overwhelming how much is out there from astrology, astronomy, numerology, <laughs> all of these, this this ancient wisdom to help us understand this world and, and work with the world in a more aligned way that can make it a little less difficult. And the last thing I wanted to add on the numerology, we have now been together almost eight years. It'll be eight years in a couple months. And at our seven year mark, we had a conscious commitment ceremony where we redid essentially our, I don't know, vows is the right word, but we actually wrote commitments and we um, had that ceremony to say like this, this old cycle, this old partnership is dead. And we are now moving into this new seven years. We are now moving into this new partnership. There's two things I'd love to touch on. The first is this notion of cycles. And one part of what we have focused on in our relationship and by extension, loving consciously, is this notion that we live in a society where it's very common when things no longer feel like they are resonating, that people tend to immediately start to move on to something different or to look for solace in something else. And really what that has shown, I can speak from my experience and what my inner child has done through you know infidelity in this relationship. Some of my pain patterns is really not being able to sit with the uncomfortable realization that there's work for me to do, right? There's work for us as individuals to do. And it wasn't until causing enough pain and suffering to my partner that I was willing to look into the mirror. What did I bring? What do I have control over? And how can I focus on aligning myself? And when that comes into numerology, astrology, all of these things, all these tools that we have in our kit, having knowledge is power. Power not in the sense of control, but power in the sense of the ability to know yourself. Because when you know yourself on a deep level, not just consciously but at a soul level and what you were you know what your tendencies what your patterns are you're then able to make conscious changes and that brings me back to my first point where if we are willing to do that work and put make those those changes even though it can be very uncomfortable even though it can feel a lot of times like you're wading neck deep in a pitch black lake with no idea where you're going and your partner is screaming on the other side, wading through their own pitch black lake and you're trying to find one another. Sometimes that journey and the strength that you get by walking that as individuals, when you finally do come back together and you make that choice, you know, at the end of that cycle, at the end of that suffering, wherever people might be on their relationship path, you always have the opportunity to choose love. There's always light there. There's always that core soul bond that brought you together in relationship with your loved one, whether that's romantic, whether that's a family member, whether that's a friend. Conscious relating is more than just about the romantic, but how we interact with everybody on this planet. 
And when we learn that we have the option and the ability to choose love and choose working on ourselves to the utmost degree to where we align ourselves with the relationships that we are looking to achieve with one another, we get to break that cycle of, oh, it's broken, let's throw it away and get something new. Part of healing the collective and part of healing this world starts with ourself. And then when we do that, it emanates out to all of our relationships and we come together as a community choosing love because that's what's going to usher us into this next phase of planetary evolution is mm. when we stop blaming one another, stop pushing one another away and saying, I'm suffering and I'm suffering because of you. It's mm -hmm. like, no, I'm suffering. I'm suffering because of something that I'm reacting to within myself that I need to look at. Yeah, that's loving consciously right there. You summed it up really nicely. <laughs> mm, I love yes, that. Yes, very beautiful. Very beautiful. And the last thing I'll say is that all these tools are wonderful, but if they're not integrated, then they're just tools. And that's the thing. Most people are chasing the next peak experience, the next ayahuasca ceremony, the doing this astrology, this numerology, this human design, this, whatever it is, it's like, we can get lost in our tools. And if you're not integrating and grounding and anchoring that into your human experience, then they're really just worthless. <laughs> they're yeah. not really going to serve you at all. So I think that's really important to mention. Thank you so much for calling out integration. That's vital. And it's why I went away to nature for a week and <laughs> just really took the time to integrate. And that leads perfectly into our main thing today, which is talking about one of these beautiful tools. It's a tool that you obviously are very passionate about and you have built an incredible business around. And so to kind of just lay the groundwork here for anyone who may be listening that's not familiar with breathwork, can you kind of share just generally speaking, like what breathwork is and how it can help us connect with more healing and more love? Breathwork is in its simplest essence, it's an active form of meditation that involves intentional and conscious breathing to shift your physical, mental, emotional, and energetic state. So that's my go-to definition. It's like, you know, I think everybody can understand that. Uh, we all breathe, right? We all have the breath that it keeps us not only alive, but it does much more than that, which we'll go into. But, you know, we breathe on average uh, between 18,000 to 26,000 times per day. So you can imagine that's a lot of breaths that oftentimes, most of the time, almost all of the time are unconscious. And so when you bring consciousness and awareness to your breath, even for just five or 10% of your day, you radically shift your life because your breath is the gateway to the higher aspects of yourself, as well as the lower aspects of yourself. It is the bridge between heaven and earth, between your human self and divine self. But the breath is an ancient technology practice tool that has been used for centuries that you know, many of the ancients understood the secrets of the breath and knew that the breath was the pathway, the gateway, the entryway into higher states of consciousness. And just like plant medicine, the breath has its own consciousness in itself. The breath will take you to exactly where you need to be in any given moment when you begin to work with it in a conscious manner. It will guide you to the places within yourself that need healing, that need transformed, that need liberation. The breath will really fully, you know, take you into 
yourself and provide you a full level of inquiry to show you every single part of you that is ready, is fully ready to be freed, to be transformed on a big level. And for me, I've been working with the breath for uh, over a decade now. I've been, I was first exposed to the breath in Tanzania, Africa, when I was serving as a Peace Corps volunteer, as I mentioned earlier, uh, interestingly enough, there's obviously no coincidences, all synchronicities. When I was there as a Peace Corps volunteer, we'd often trade thumb drives to each other, USB drives with like TV shows and movies. And I don't know who gave it to me, but someone gave me their thumb drive. I just uploaded everything. I went home to my village and, um, on there was a folder called Kundalini yoga. I'm like, what the fuck is Kundalini yoga? I want to try this. And you know, you can imagine living in the village. There's not much to do. You don't have, you're in nature all the time. So, you know, there was a lot of reading and writing, but also a lot of practices, right. And really tapping into myself. And so began to practice Kundalini yoga. And I just discovered, you know, the power of my breath through that practice, because one of the core principles of that practice is breath, right. And they use uh, breath of fire, uh, which is a very powerful breath, breath work practice that helps to detoxify, to energize, to cleanse, to purify. It's a very powerful practice. And I was doing this almost every day. And I began to realize that, holy shit, like, yes, the Kriyas, the poses, everything were very powerful that, you know, moved in with the breath and, and brought those two worlds together. But I began to find this passion for the breath. And so when I got home, I started to do more research and begin to really understand it on a deep scientific level of how this was actually happening. Cause I had my own personal spiritual experiences, but I wanted to know what was happening. And so I started to get certified in all of these things. And I, in 2016, I was at, I was giving a speech at this festival that Sarah and I were at and the yoga teacher had to cancel or whatever. So someone's like, can, can someone here like do something like teach yoga or whatever? I'm like, well, I'm not a, I'm not a yogi. I don't really, I can't teach it. I practice it, but I guess I'll help people breathe. <laughs> right. This is all this like came to me. I'm like, I guess I'll just tell people to breathe. And so there was like 50 people and I just led them through this, this breath experience, right. For like 20, 25 minutes. And I realized right then and there that I had a, like a natural gift for this. This was one of my core gifts that I came and I incarnated with. And I began to go through these series of initiations and awakenings around my gift as a facilitator. And I began to have these like remembrances of me in these ancient times. I'm very connected to uh, Native Americans and have been for a while. Um, one of my tattoos actually is a Sioux. And, um, I, when I was in ayahuasca experience, this, this beautiful man, this chief, this elder came to me as sort of like one of my guides and was really sharing me all these images of me leading these ceremonial experiences through the breath. And I began to just wake up to this power, not only within myself, but the power that I had to impact other people in this way. And so that was kind of like, you know, a little bit of how I got into it. And then, uh, fast forward to 2020, mid 
pandemic, everything's happening. All these things are going on. The world is going crazy. And I'm at this men's circle in Buffalo, New York, where I was living, where I'm originally from. And there's like 30 guys there. And, and they asked me to facilitate a breathwork experience. And at that time I was using Soma Breathworks tracks because I was one of their certified guides. Johnny, my now business partner was there. He had just gotten back from New York city, like two days before uh, he's at this experience and comes up, up to me after he's like, dude, who makes your music? I'm like, nobody. I've been calling in a musician to create original art and I need somebody. I'm not a musician, but I, I know what I want. I know the sounds. I hear everything. I need something to execute on it. And so he's like, all right, let's do it. So in six weeks, um, that was in the fall of 2020 in six weeks, we created our first, uh, breathwork compilation, which is now on our app on our beats and breath app. It's called soul rise. And it's a journey that goes through the elements, uh, each of the five elements, 33 minutes each. And it became a deeply ceremonial spiritual experience creating that. But then also the reflections of people that had, very powerful breakthroughs going through that entire experience. And we realized at that point, like we got something here. So we trademarked our own technology called Sonic Breathwork. Beats and Breath was started in early 2021. And now we hear, now we're here, you know, three years later with an app and a lot of other things coming out, but I'm just like grateful to be a conduit and a creative channel for this medicine to come through because it's extremely powerful and, um, very, very immersive and transformative. And for me, it's been such a blessing to be able to work with it in this way and also understand it on a deeper level and to continue to deepen my own practice and wisdom in it. Wow. That was incredible. That was so much incredible backstory that I didn't know about beats and breath and breath work as well. For us, breath work has been a really big part of the journey. I think, as you know, we're 4DU alumni and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've been doing your breathe with cannabis events for several months and been doing the, the new year's challenge that you did and, and all throughout our journey this last year, connecting with the breath has been really profound for me because I was 28 years old. I'm about to be 31 now. So yeah, I was 28 years old when I consciously breathed for the first time. And I want to just like give that a second to really sink into our listeners that I was three decades into my life almost the first time I thought consciously about using my breath for healing, for transmutation, for connecting to my body, connecting to source, spirit, God, creator, whatever resonates for for our listeners. And that journey has been really profound and really, really deep. And something I shared with you as well was on my ayahuasca journey, which was incredibly difficult and intense. A lot of repressed childhood stuff coming up, a lot of purging coming up. I actually, your voice, your spirit, your sonic breath work came to me and and helped kind of anchor me and guide me through that toughest part of my experience. And it was like the in four, out eight, in four, out eight. And I heard you in, out. And just that tool has been life-changing. And it's why we wanted to have you on this podcast. It's why we want to share this with people because like you said, you know, our breath is our prana. It's our life force energy. It sustains us. It can, it connects us to this realm and our body as well as the spirit realm and, and creator. And yet we have, you know, 8 billion of us out here, like not consciously breathing and not using this incredibly powerful tool for, for health and for growth. Yeah. it It's, incredible your journey to finding breath work and finding your purpose is 
a very beautiful one in the way that God and the universe just kind of allows things to unfold organically when you follow your deepest passion, when you follow your mission. I remember the first Breathe with Cannabis event that we joined, listening to Ryan talk about the medicine and then also having you guide us through that breath work. And for those of you who don't or haven't had an experience with breath work, it can be a challenging experience the first time because you aren't fully conscious of your capabilities as a human to breathe and retain your breath. And mm. part of that meditation, you lead people through this series of fire breaths and, and breathing and then into a retention, right? Where you're able to really deeply connect with yourself and the energy of the breath. And in that holding, you hold space so well that it called forth this power within me that I didn't know was there. The ability to hold my breath for that long, for one, but also to go deep and then to go deeper than, than, than that and then to go deeper than that, you know, in the third round. And just every single time, it's like peeling back another layer and allowing yourself to sink deeper into that meditative state and while there can be really powerful breathwork meditations like this something that i've found is really powerful about the breath is that it can help you in the day-to-day -day as well i experienced symptoms of anxiety and anger and frustration throughout my life and now that i know how to consciously breathe you're able to really move that energy that's starting to build up in your body and either disperse it out if it's not suiting you or channel it through your body into the places where it needs to go. And that yep. can look like dispersing anxiety, dispersing fear by grounding yourself. It can look like completely getting rid of anger, ignoring pain completely. Uh, I got my, my hand tattooed and in that, you know, it was after your, your guys' breath work and I was able to breathe through the entire thing and feel almost no pain. Mm -hmm. You know, it's incredible the power that we have as humans when we tap into that strength. And then the other one that we've, we haven't talked about as much on this podcast yet, but we will dive into uh, come February when we talk about our love series is also used in sexual practices in tantric practices yep. and moving that sexual energy for men especially dispersing that energy to allow us to connect on a divine and spiritual level with our partner without being so focused on the ejaculation on that end goal that most people experience as an orgasm you're able to move that energy and disperse it through your body and create deeper and more intimate levels of connection with your partner so wherever you're at if you're feeling anxiety if you're feeling anger if you're wanting to have a deeper physical relationship with your partner or looking to deeply connect with yourself in a meditative state breath work has the ability to tap into all these different varieties and avenues so it's like the one tool for a million uses and it's <laughs>
yeah, I would love to dive deeper into one thing here, and it's the sonic breath work. You very yep. lightly and casually mentioned this incredible thing you've created, and I just, it, I feel it needs more space. It deserves more space. If you could just go a little bit deeper into what sonic breath work is, because like Eric said, we've experienced breath work, right? Anyone can get a plethora of free breath work um, resources out there on YouTube or wherever. I have never experienced anything like what I've experienced in your breath work specifically. And so I would love if you could share some of that with our listeners. Mm, yeah, I would love to. And yeah, thank you both for everything you said and, you know, very good promotion for the breath work itself. Right. And what, what breath offers, you know, it's like you said, it's just be used for a million different things and really just enhance every aspect of our lives. So thank you both for sharing, you know, your wisdom around that and insights. So sonic breath work, this name came to me because, you know, what Johnny and I have created and what we've put together, it's, it's not anything new in the sense that like breath and sound breath and music, like people, other people are doing that, right? We know that there's other beautiful people, beautiful practitioners and apps out there that are combining breath and music. But Johnny and I really, one of the many things that we do very well together is we stay in our own lanes and our own geniuses for me. Breath is like my course of study, right? That's where I, where what I know and what I what I stay into. Johnny, his whole thing is sound. He understands sound, the science of sound, on a very deep and profound level. What we've essentially done is combine the primordial forces and powers of breath and sound to create this new energy, right? And breath and breath work. Different breathing practices have been used for thousands of years. If you go back to Vedic texts, if you go back to the ancient cultures of the Rishis, they all hint to using some form of breath to reach higher states of consciousness, to transform themselves on various levels. And it's all come forth over the past several years, you know, starting in the seventies when Stanislav Grof started bringing holotropic breathwork into the scene and you had rebirthing breathwork, shamanic breathwork, all of these things happening. All of them are really stemming from the ancient traditions of pranayama. And when you look at the history of it and now to where it is, where it's becoming a mainstream thing, this has been used for so many years. And that's what I'm getting at, that like everybody uh, for centuries has been using this, not everybody, but certain cultures. And same thing with sound, sound healing, sound frequencies. It's arguable that, you know, and what a lot of people believe that creation is sound, right? And and what I have very much subscribed to that all of creation comes from these primordial frequencies that are emitted that actually create, right? If you look at the pyramids, a lot of people talk about how the pyramids were actually created from sound. How can you actually construct these massive structures, you know, in, in these ancient times without having some higher form of technology. And that technology, in my opinion, is frequency, right? And now there's been a lot of scientific study on what frequency does to alter the biochemical makeup in the body, right? Both psychologically and, you know, physiologically, what that does to you on a profound level. 
And so now we're starting to understand that when you combine both breath and sound together, you create massive transformation. So what Johnny and I do, which is a little bit different, Johnny's an incredible musician. He's a savant. He's a, in, you know, he can play pretty much every instrument. That's what creates our sort of unique sound in this sort of like tribal trap type of feel, right? Where he's like combining these ancient sort of uh, instrumentation with these like native flutes and and things like that, but also with these like 808 hip hop trap beats, right? Which makes it, in our opinion, why we created it that way is because it makes it fun and like you know, like cool to breathe in this way. It's accessible to anybody who doesn't want to listen to like a good beat, right? A hard beat and just like feel that energy. So like from that perspective, we wanted to create that, but then underneath that, which a lot of people don't know is we layer solfeggio frequencies and binaural beats in, into the actual music and bass drones. And what this actually does is it begins to shift your brain waves. We exist in our waking state in a beta state, but it shifts it into an alpha and theta state. The breath will do that naturally alone, but when you add sound frequencies into it and these different rhythms and everything else that we've put into it, and bioacoustics, it creates this sort of trance that's happening on a subconscious level, on a very deep subliminal level. And so that's why we have thousands of testimonials now of people having, holy shit, like I just had the most profound breakthrough experience and it never gets old. I love listening to it. Um, but we've, we've really co-created this in a very intentional way. And the core mission that Johnny and I have come to and why we're together doing what we're doing is because we are here to heal the world through breath and sound. And so we become masters of our craft to create something that's never been done in a way that it's been done before in this way in sonic breath work. So hopefully that makes sense. I know I just said a lot there, but Absolutely. It totally makes sense. I just, the, the tribal trap that was, <laughs> you're like, you're talking to two, uh, at least me, old school ravers here and big, big base heads. So that definitely resonated, but something you said too, was, you know, these thousands of testimonials of people being like, holy shit, I just had this profound breakthrough and I'll never forget, you know, like I said, breathwork's been a big part of our journey, but you specifically entered our sphere about four months ago. And the first time we did one of your live events, we we got out of the experience, you know, we were right next to each other and we looked at each other. And I actually think that might be the words that we said, but it was definitely like, what in the actual F just happened? Like, I have done so much breathwork and so much meditation and so much, you know, music and binaural beats. And especially through like Aaron Abke and 4DU, those meditations and this was something unlike anything I'd come across. And so I just cannot drive that home enough to our listeners that, you know, breathwork is incredible and there are so many types out there, but what you two have created is a masterpiece. And, and thank you for that creation and, you know, to, to source for, for channeling that creation through you. Cause that's what we all are, right? We're, we're channels for creation. And yeah, I mean, the, the depth of what you two have been able to create is unlike anything that either of us have ever experienced in that you have the breath work, you have the meditative state, you have the binaural beats, and then you have this music and this quality of sound that is primordial in its origin and brings and, and cohabitates with what is fun and inviting to the ear of 
our current modern day music of of EDM and trap and coming from people who went to large festivals and really dove into EDM as a source of connection with with others because back in the day it was very much a conscious place where people would come and connect over the music and the vibrations of those music would allow for a collective hiring of the vibration in that space. Now, over the years, the scene has changed some, and we've actually stepped away from going to festivals because of that. And yep. it was beautiful to see the soul of that music be merged with the music of our ancestors in a way that we can still have that hiring of our vibration and to meet with community in the way that those festivals were meant to be. And you can do that through energy. It doesn't need to be in a physical space where you are, you know, we're sitting across a Zoom call right now, but our energies are connected, right? We're speaking to one another. We're co-creating through your sonic breath work, through what you've created with your app, Beats and Breath, you are pouring your energy and your soul into each one of these guided meditations. Your partner is putting their energy into each musical note that they craft and through that you're sharing your passion and your energy with the collective and helping bring them up so thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing that please continue you have our full support i really appreciate those reflections they mean a lot and and what has kept johnny and i going for you know the past few years is to continue to create in this way and to continue to amplify our own creations and and do new stuff and we have so i mean i wish i could I probably could hint to a few things. I don't want to reveal too much, but we have some really cool things coming out um, that I'm really excited about and getting super practical. You know, you mentioned before about shifting, like I'm, I really love talking about the spiritual realms because it, it really does connect you with your soul. And that is the pure intention of it is that you are connecting with the essence of your soul and getting supreme clarity on who you are. Like that is what the intention I've seeded from the beginning and my guidance and the music and everything. But even to bring it to a practical level, something that Johnny and I are releasing, which I can talk about right now, is we're doing a, um, a compilation, an album within the Beats and Breath app called Emotional Alchemy. And mm -hmm. so what we're going to start doing is we're going to look at all of the core emotions that we experience, quote unquote, negative emotions. I don't really like to use that term, but fear, anxiety, shame, guilt, anger, and grief. And we're going to do a little breathwork experience for each of those to keep it very practical for people because you know, this collective journey that we're all going through right now, it's really, um, we're really shifting and we're really beginning to reveal a lot of shadows. Um, and it's really important that we have tools that support us in shifting our energy uh, when needed, because it's really important for us to stay and maintain a higher vibrational state. This does not mean to spiritual bypass. It means to feel your emotions, but then also to remain at a higher level of consciousness because a lot of people are going to be suffering over the next several years. And it's very important to have people anchored in their gift frequency, in their souls, in order to be able to support the shift that we're going through. So just from that level, it's super important. One other thing I wanted to mention that's also, you know, kind of what you guys are talking about, you know, being in the festival scene and all that, um, you know, when it, we look at mainstream music and stuff, we see the frequencies they're attuned to. So music can either heal or harm. 
and the mainstream music that's being played on the radios, the frequencies they're tuned to are actually out of alignment. So they actually create a distortion within the mind body complex. And then when you add words on top of it, lyrics, you actually are casting spells into people's subconscious mind. So you can take this super deep. Um, and I mean, again, that's a whole conversation in itself, but when you look at the way frequencies are used and then the lyrics that are being said that really bring people into a lower vibrational state. And so when you do it on the opposite end, like Johnny and I have been doing it, we are bringing people into an elevated state of being where they can exist from these higher frequencies and begin to live their life from a place of love, of peace, of gratitude, of abundance, of prosperity. And they begin to see the reflections of that in their world. So if we talk about manifestation and how creation actually works, it actually starts on an energetic level with our vibrational state. What you feel is what you pull towards you. And so when you create music and, and sound and breath, and you combine these together to bring people into an elevated state, they become more radiant. They, they become more electrically, magnetically charged in which they're then beginning to pull forth the people, the opportunities, the resources to them to begin to live a life that is actually in alignment with their soul and not with their ego. So from a pure manifestation point, it's actually very powerful. And I'm actually writing a whole chapter in my book. I'm writing a book right now on Breathwork and the, I'm doing a whole chapter on breathwork and manifestation because a lot of people don't even talk about it because they don't understand it, but it's very simple. Um, it's actually not complex at all. And that's why I've had people who've messaged me at a guy last year is like, shit, dude, I've been doing your breath work for like 30 days. And I just manifested my dream house. Like it just fell into my lap. I was outbid, but then they came back to me and like, I'm like, yeah, dude, like, you know, I, I get these messages all the time from people. If you really work with it, you can manifest anything you want. Like, I mean, that's just on a material level. I mean, you can go much deeper than that as well, but I just wanted to share that. Yeah. Thanks so much for bringing that up. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we did your seven day like New Year's challenge and oh, yeah, yeah. A, big, a big part of that was manifestation. And then we also did the astrology breathwork collab session you had recently that was also kind of about using this Aquarius energy and manifestation. So it's a really important call out. Something else that you mentioned was about music and frequency and you know, we had entirely removed music from our lives because that truth became very evident this last couple of years on our spiritual journey is how harmful, I think was the word you used, mainstream music is and and that these frequencies and these vibrations and this sound is, is impacting our subconscious mind and is sending these messages. And so to to finally have a space of just high quality, beautiful, conscious music is has been really incredible. And it was so healing and so impactful for us that that introduction to you and your partner's creation has moved us into seeking out conscious music. And, you know, a lot of the artists you play during during the sessions and realizing, okay, like we've now healed this relationship. And so we can we can have healthy music, we can have conscious music. And Another thing you said that was really impactful and we talk about in our podcast and I've especially gotten a lot more loud about lately is that we are collectively as as a as a humanity right now in a big phase of transition, right? Like we can get all spiritual and woo-woo and use a lot of the buzzwords, but the 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 core of it is like we are all being moved forward into the next phase. We are being called forward, we are awakening and that means moving through our shadows and 
you know, we have the pioneers, you know, people that have been doing this a long time. We have people like you who've been doing this for a decade or more. We're kind of on year three, so we're still babies, but, you know, we're much farther along than a lot of people. And so it's really up to to those of us with, you know, this consciousness and this higher state of awareness to create these tools and live from an embodied soul aligned place to to help our brothers and sisters that are going to be going through some incredible challenges, especially this year. I think 2024 is going to be, it's, it's going to be a ride. And, you know, something you said about just like breath and, and music and this, this creation that this is why you're here is to use this tool to alchemize and to help people heal. And, you know, for us, that's love and, and conscious partnership. And I'm just so humbled and grateful and, and just in awe to kind of see the way that creation plays out and how perfectly aligned it all is. I'm just, mm. yeah, feeling very grateful for for this conversation, for you, for this creation, and for all of the things that are to come. Yeah, mm. it, um, something that I I bring up a lot on this podcast is the notion of having grace with with yourself mm. um, as this journey kind of unfolds. Because regardless of how far on your spiritual journey one might be or how early on in their spiritual journey, this period of change that's going on holistically throughout the world is affecting each one of us. It doesn't matter if you've had a decade of spiritual work, there are shadows there. There are things to face. And so for those of us who are newer on the journey, looking up to some of our spiritual teachers, it can seem like, oh, they've already, they kind of passed the hump, right? They don't, they don't experience these things anymore. And something that I've really appreciated about your podcast, uh, Masculine Mastery, is speaking to your journey and the continuing of your journey. Each one of us, even me, I'm in the process of facing one of my shadows currently. These tools are there to help us. And so for anybody listening who's going through a period of you know, facing your shadows, know that you're not alone. Know that each one of us are on this journey together. And we're not here to say, look, this is what we've done. You can do it too, from a sense of being on the other side, but being in it, being in the trenches with you, we're all doing the work together. It's important to have conscious community. It's important to have conscious relation with one another, because it's through our relationships that we can grow the fastest. I mean, being in a conscious partnership has been one of the most clear mirrors for our shadows, right? You can't escape that when you're, nope. when you are consciously relating with somebody else because nope. they know you on such a deep level, even in many instances, more than you know yourself because they don't have the blinders that you have, right? Where we don't want to look at some of the aspects of ourselves or we've our egos have created these circles that we spin in and we spin in and we spin in chasing our own tails. And our partners have this a beautiful way of saying, hey. Or any loved one. Or any loved one, yeah. Um, yep. Of just calling that out and calling that out in a non-judgmental way, but just to say, hey, I'm I'm watching you do this. I want better for you as you also want better for yourself as you've communicated this. So I'm going to lay this out on the table for you to observe. And sometimes that can look like us, uh, our egos fighting back or, or resisting. But when we sit with and use tools like breath work, use whatever we have at our disposal to really sit with that and accept the reflection, 
we can then grow. And I guess where I was going with all of this is just knowing that we're all in this together and we're all in conscious relation. Even if we're not in person together with our listeners, we're fighting this fight with you and mm. we're at your back and we're doing everything that we can from our end with the gifts that we've been given and the experiences that we have sharing them so that you can learn, hopefully, whatever resonates with you, take it. Whatever doesn't, you know, listen to your own inner wisdom and move forward on your path. Mm. Mm. Yeah, very beautifully said. And thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I think um, when people hear these words, darkness and shadows, it can seem intimidating, but it's like really all we're doing. And you mentioned a key word in the beginning, you mentioned grace, right? And grace is a very interesting um, term and also gift. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the gene keys, but I've mentioned it a couple of times in this conversation, gene keys, highly impactful body of work, uh, combining, I'll give one minute synopsis combines astrology and the Chinese I Ching to reveal who you are, why you're here. And it basically is based on this code that is hidden within your genetic, you know, DNA, your, your soul code, your soul blueprint that gets unleashed as you go through the journey of the gene keys. And you have 11 gene keys in your profile. Each of these gene keys has three frequencies, a shadow gift and a city city, meaning the highest potential or flowering of that, that specific key. There's 64 keys in total. These are sort of the 64 archetypes of humanity. If you look at the Chinese I Ching, it goes through these archetypes and you have these certain keys in your profile. 22 is the um, the shadow of dishonor, uh, the gift of graciousness, and the city of grace. And the Gene Keys, there's a lot of teachings, uh, specifically from Richard, the founder of the Gene Keys, on grace. And I'm going to give a little plug to them. I'm not, I'm affiliated because I'm a guy, but I'm not, you know, getting paid for this, but I'll say it anyways. On their website, there's a beautiful journey called Seven Days of Grace. And it's really bringing forth more grace to yourself. Um, but it goes way beyond the definition of what we know as grace. Um, and it's very looked, it's very much looked at as um, the true divine feminine key um, to awakening. And it's very powerful teachings. I would highly recommend it uh, to you guys or anybody else that's interested. You can also get your free profile on genekeys.com. Nonetheless, uh, you know, all of this talk, you know, and the core purpose and the core teachings of the jinkies is to really begin to see that your shadows are the gateways to your gifts. And when you can honestly, holistically look at your own darkness and the thing, the ways in which maybe there's parts of yourself that are acting out of integrity or alignment with yourself, that's okay. Bringing compassion and love to these parts integrating them back into the whole of who you are to begin to then reveal your true gifts. And then you use those gifts in service of others. You don't hoard those gifts for yourself. You use them and put them in service to others in whatever way that looks like speaking, writing, painting, music, whatever it is, you put those out and you begin to uplift and inspire the collective. Oh, Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, this is such a really cool moment of 
uh, source and divine alignment because while I was in the Redwoods integrating or starting the integration of my ayahuasca experience, a friend that I was with was, well, Eric was sending me things about human design. And then the friend was like, oh, gene keys. And so this just entered my sphere within this last week. And now here is this like, I don't, I don't know if expert is the right word, but this highly versed person, you know, talking about it. And so definitely going to dig into that more. It's very new to me, but it is something that's right there at the forefront of my mind. And back to this concept of grace, if we could just share this cool point with you. Grace is one of my favorite words. It's such a beautiful and deep and I think misunderstood divine concept. Um, I have it tattooed on me. It was the name of the um, the pregnancy that the we lost. And it is our daughter's name. You know, whenever she comes into, into fruition, she's already there. She's in our mind. She's in our dreams. And so I love that so much. And it is something he says almost every episode of having grace and just tying it all back into that. We're all in this together. And we're all you know, Rumi, right? Or is it Ram Dass? Walking each other home and this oneness and this love. And that's that's conscious partnership. And we're on this mission to rewire this thinking that like conscious relationship is romantic. Like it's, it's everything. It's every single person you meet you're in conscious partnership with. And so I would love to bring this full circle. And if you could share a little bit about how people can connect with you, the Beats and Breath app. I would even love you to to plug Masculine Mastery because this guy is just like eating it up and and binging your your podcast right now. All of the ways that people can connect with you. Yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm like, yeah, these types of the conversations that light me up. So anytime I get to, you know, I go on a lot of different podcasts and different things, but the, it's not always that I feel like I walk away from it where I'm like, yes, that was amazing. Like, you know, sometimes you connect with people and sometimes you don't have that deeper connection. And so with you guys, I really feel that. So you, you, you really do, both of you do a great job at interviewing and sharing your own insights and reflections. And I really appreciate it. So yeah, how can people connect? Well, <laughs> it's like I have all of these websites and all of these ways because I have all of these brands. But um, personally, like everything can be found on my personal website at ChristopherAugust.co. My breathwork beats in breath that it has its own website, beatsandbreath.com. Um, you can go there. You can download the free app. It's available on um, on iOS and Android, and anybody can tap in. You know, we have a few free journeys that you don't have to sign up and become a member. You can test it out, go through the experience. We have three core journeys called heal, awaken, and prosper. That's sort of the motto of our brand. Um, and you start with heal, you go to awaken and you go to prosper and they're all kind of in sequential order. Um, and then you can unlock the whole library we have. So basically right now, as this podcast stands, whenever it's released and we might have a little bit more, but right now we have 38 breathwork journeys and we have a pretty big audacious goal to get to a hundred by 2024, the end of this year, we're going to reach. And we have some really cool things, uh, lined up for products and some kits that we're releasing, which I'm like super stoked about events and all that. But in the app, you can get breathwork journeys, meditations, which we're adding to sound healing compilations, all these different things in regards to men's work. I do have a brand called masculine mastery, and we have some really cool experiences lined up for men this year that we're doing some really cool retreats and really experiences to connect men with their hearts. Because, you know, one thing that's really important is yes, having 
having this dialogue within conscious partnership with your partner. But oftentimes what I've seen in my own journey is that men need other men to heal. And sometimes you have to go outside the relationship to bring your shit to other men and to bring your pain and vulnerability. And it's in that space when you're seen from another man, that really deep transformation and healing takes place. It has for me and has for hundreds of other men um, that I've facilitated and led through different practices. Um, men's work is a huge part of my journey and something that I wanted to bring back to the collective. That's why I have the podcast and the platform, which uh, is still in its infancy stages. And I have a lot of plans to grow it. That's super important. So masculinemastery.co for that. But again, everybody can find me at christopheraugus.co. Everything is on my website, men's work, breath work, coaching, gene keys, everything that anybody wants to dive into. So thanks. The wearer of many hats. I <laughs> have a feeling you may have something you want to add about the the men's work. and. Yeah. I mean, thank you for, for plugging that and what you said there about the need for men to be seen by other men. It's reflected also, you know, part of what we've experienced even over this, this last week in coming home from our uh, ceremony with Mother Aya is this notion of being seen by our peers in our community, both from the masculine and from the feminine perspective. It's important to go and be in that energy of that, that like energy, I should say, because there's a tendency in codependent relationships, or even conscious partnerships where you spend so much time with one another and so much focus on the work, quote unquote, that it can feel many times where we tend to put all of, of what we're experiencing onto our partner. And, you know, we're so used to having them reflect things back to us that then they can become that person that we go to for everything. And act on as a crutch. You know, I found that from just my own experience of constantly going to you and, you know, my inner child being like, no, I need you to see me um, so that I can see me versus being able to really sit with myself or even, mm. you know, for me, not having more than a couple conscious men in my life to have that reflection and, and have that safe space to share, it can feel really isolating. And so it's important for men to have that community, have that tribal aspect of sitting around the primordial fire and to be able to share their hearts and their experiences to be heard. And then also to provide that space for their brothers as well. I came from a Catholic Hispanic background and I led the confirmation retreats for a church there. And part of one of my talks was about brotherhood and about how the Spartans interacted in warfare and how their shields would cover half of their body, but half of their brothers. They wouldn't cover their entire body. There weren't a solo unit. It was like a turtle shell. And by working together, by trusting their brothers and sisters trusting their sisters and vulnerably sharing, that's where we can truly learn to lean on one another and be stronger than we ever imagined that we could be because none of us were meant to go through our shadows alone. And I say shadows, like you were saying, it could seem intimidating or darkness. That's a big buzzword. But really what I'm speaking to is the energies that we've been called to work on within ourselves, both from our lifetime, our past lifetime, and our ancestral life. We are called as humans on this planet to heal, first and foremost, because we pick up where 
our parents and our grandparents left off. And what we choose to integrate and heal and work on, it can stop with us before moving down into our children. And with each generation, the more that we heal, the more conscious the next generation becomes and the, the lighter their karma is and the more that they're able to bring more love and light into this world. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. I love so much the the last thing you said that I'm just sitting here hearing in my head over and over as you said, awaken, heal and prosper like that's your motto. And I don't know if you knew this, but uh, our kind of semi sort of motto is awaken, heal and amplify conscious love. Mm. And so I just love that so much. And this this has been incredible. Listeners, please check out the app Beats in Breath. There is a free version. You know, get get in tune with your breath, this life force, this prana, this power that you have. It's free. It's accessible. It's, you know, you can do it anywhere, anytime in a plethora of ways. And it is such a great tool for transmutation and for consciousness and love and awakening and all of those beautiful buzzwords we love in this spiritual community. Christopher, thank you so much for being here with us today. This has been such a gift, such an honor. Can't wait to present this to the world and hopefully get some more people connected with their breath and working with this incredible tool that we have. Oh, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. An honor to be your first guest on your podcast. And I wish you guys continued success and prosperity with your endeavors and uh, really excited to stay in touch and talk soon.